0: we are going to continue uh on some thoughts that we were talking about before brother jim came but i do uh, i did this wednesday night man and i just i just felt really impressed just a moment ago to do this again uh to do this this morning uh friday night brother jim had uh a couple words and uh, a tongue interpretation over um uh, one over the church and then one over some uh, you know just some people for some people that was here And I know some of you guys weren't here Friday night. And and I just, you know, I I am a firm believer in uh, prophecy. I'm a firm believer that that God speaks and that, uh, you know, at divine times and and seasons that God will will deliver a word to a body, uh, to to individuals and to even a a church body. And one of the things that, you know, uh, I've had many words spoken over me through the years. And, um, you know, those words don't just come to pass automatically. And you know there's 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 a part that we play in those we you know we have to put our faith in agreement with those words we have to keep those words before us now we don't try to make them happen um, but yet at the same time we keep those before us so that um, so that so that we can see the evidence of things when they start to happen and we can realize that it's God moving in our midst and um, there was two words that He gave and and I just want to read both of these and and just just to keep them before us and I may. Pull these out from time to time, and we've done this before when other ministers have come or other people here have spoken words over the body and over uh, over us. And um, and I think it's good just to keep these things before us. But this was the first word that he gave Friday night, and this was to uh, just the individuals that were here, and not not one one person in particular, but he just he was just talking to the you know to the people in general. And he said this, and this was the interpretation of this. He said, uh, and so there are some of you tonight who have listened to what has been said and have heard the intent of God's heart, who have said within your own heart, Lord God, I want that. How many, how many of you would say that that, you would, that that would have been you Friday night? And maybe you hadn't, if you hadn't heard Friday night's message and Saturday, I encourage you to go out and listen to them. They're really, really good. But how many of you would say that you know, when you heard what Jim was talking about, that, that you said in your heart, God, I want that. I mean, I know I did, man. I mean, I was like, I was like, man, I I I want more of that in my life. But he said, "You said within your own heart, Lord God, I want that. That's the life for me, experiencing the realness of who you are, man. I mean, that's, you know, even just reading that, I just, I get excited about about the 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 opportunity. Just think about the opportunity that we have, the privilege we have to know God for who He really is. You know, I mean, isn't that awesome? So some of you have said, "Lord God, I want that. That's the life for me. Experience in the realness of who you are," and in your heart you've opened up already to the Lord, and you've said that you've said that you've vocalized something along those lines. And the Lord is speaking to your heart, and here's what He's saying: Thus it shall be, even before you get into your car, even as you get into your car, and even before you get home, that the presence of the Lord shall be shall become real to you. The voice of God shall speak to your heart and the things of God from this moment will begin to be enlightened. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul said when he prayed that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened? And thus it shall be said of you from this night, your walk with the Lord shall take as it were even a 90 degree turn, and you will find yourself smack dab in the presence of God where things work and prayers work and answers come and the delight of your heart shall take place. Amen. I receive that. Yeah, I want to be smack dab in His presence. Amen? That's a good word. And then here's the word He had over the church, over us as a body. He said this uh, through a tongue interpretation. And He said, He said, So even this place, Destiny Bible Church, shall begin to see an increase and, and shall begin to abound, which simply means not a little here and not a little there, but it will become normal and it will become regular to hear testimonies that are already coming in begin to increase for the pathway that you are on is the right pathway and the spirit of god is now ministering through those who sit in these services and you will begin to see an increase in the testimonies the quality of the testimonies and the joy of the lord which will begin to hit your congregation and those will begin and those will begin to laugh to the right to the left to the middle, they will begin to rejoice in the things of God. And it will be at times so that you can't minister because you're standing in the glory of God. It will be at times so that you will just begin to raise your hands and praise the Lord and continue to sing and to rejoice and to laugh and to enjoy the presence of the Lord. For I am calling you up to begin to experience me as you should know me. I know you and you know me, even as Jesus said... I know the Father, even as the Father knows me. So let it be said of all of us here tonight, Amen. Amen. I'm believing for an increase, Amen. I'm believing that we're going to start seeing. And what was the increase he was talking about? He said it was an increase of the quality of the testimonies. You know. Now thank God for testimonies, and we love testimonies. And man, if you if you don't come on Wednesday nights, I, we don't give a lot of time for testimonies on Sundays, uh, just because we've got a lot to do on Sundays, and and you know I want to make sure that we. Uh, leave time for the Word. We don't give a lot of time uh, for, on Sundays for testimony, but Wednesday nights, we always start out with testimonies. And man, we'll spend sometimes 20 and 30 minutes just sharing testimonies of what God is doing. I, you, you know, I, I wish, I, you know, and maybe I, need to, maybe I need to take more time on Sunday mornings for you to hear that. And maybe I just need to pick one or two and let you hear those. But, but there are some awesome things happening in the people here at Destiny. God is moving in such a big way in some of these people's lives. Some of the people sitting to your right and to your left, in front of you, behind you. I mean, God is doing extraordinary things in the lives of, of you, of you people here at Destiny. And it is so exciting to see, and it's so, it's such an honor to be a part, to be a pastor, and to be able to look out and say, and say, wow, that's, that's the people that go to my church that God is blessing, and, and He is just, I mean, He is just blowing the doors off. Of some people I mean just It's incredible What God is doing So I encourage you If you have testimonies If God's doing something And and, and He's moving in your life And and you know and, and things happen in your life Let us know about that Send an email Or text me Or call me Because uh, we love to hear testimonies And I love to give people Opportunity to to share those words Because how many of you know That it's great to hear it From me And it's great to hear What's going on globally And all that But it's it's even better I think to hear it From the people sitting Right beside you the people you work with, and the people that the we'll call—I mean, the everyday people. I mean, you know, you know what I mean by that. I mean, so so uh, so we encourage you to to share your testimonies and and uh, because it, it is a blessing to other people when uh, when you do that. Amen. Amen. So so uh, the last few weeks, all year, we've been talking about the supernatural. You guys know that uh, the Lord gave us the word back in in uh, December, probably that 2019 would be the year that the natural, that the supernatural would become our new natural, that we would, we would flow in the supernatural just like, just like we do in the natural now. And, uh, and, and, we've, and we have started to see that. We have seen, I mean, there's many of you have given those testimonies and shared things with me, that where you are seeing the supernatural in your life every single day, that's the way it should be. Our lives should be so full of God that we have just story after story about what God is doing in our lives. And that that how he's opening doors, and he's doing this, and he's leading us here, and he's he's showing us this, and, and you know our li- really our our conversations with people should be about let me tell you what God did for me this week, let me tell you what God did for me just coming to work or or as I got off work or whatever the case may be. So so we are seeing the supernatural become. Part of people's lives, and we've defined the supernatural just simply. We've kind of boiled it down uh, in the simplest form we could, just to just basically to say this: that the supernatural is any time that you get God involved in your life. When you when you're living your natural life and you get God involved in it, it becomes supernatural because anything that God does is supernatural because it's above. That word "super" just means it's above the natural. It's something that couldn't happen in the natural realm. When, when something, that, something above the natural realm happens, it becomes supernatural. And that's when God gets involved in it. So, so, um, and God wants to be involved in every area of our lives. You know, I, I, I was sharing last night, I had the opportunity to minister uh, over at Lakewood at their conference. And, uh, and I was ministering last night, and, and I've shared this here before at times. But, you know, I said the, one of the biggest problems people that, that I see with with Christians today and the people that we counsel and the people we talk to uh, is, is simply this, that we have learned how to live our life without God being involved in it. Mm-hmm. We have figured out how to, how to, how to live a quote-unquote Christian life and, and be able to put the tag on it, Christian, to live a Christian life and not have God involved whatsoever. If you, if you can go throughout your day without, without having a thought about God, and having to spend time and needing to spend time fellowshiping and connecting with Him, then then you you know then you are in danger of missing out on God's best. Our lives should really consist of uh, every every time we turn around, saying, "God, I need you to show up right here. You know, I need your direction right here, God. I you know God, I've stepped out and I've done what what you've told me to do, and I can't do this in my own strength. You, if you don't show up here, man, we're all in trouble." Instead of just saying, well, I, I'll play it safe and I'm not going to do anything and, and I'll, do, I'll do as much as I can do within myself and I'm not going to step out and do anything else. See, because every one of us could live our life without God. I mean, we could, we, could, we, could go, we could get up, eat breakfast, go to work, come home, watch a little TV, eat supper, go to bed, and do it all over again tomorrow. Not open our Bible, not pray one, pray one thing, one breath and and we could do that for days on end and never even have a thought about god but what good is that doing us we're just existing and god never meant for us just to exist you know, God God wants so much more for us. He's He's interested in us in us doing extraordinary things and just and just being being the light that, that for this world that this world needs today. We watch T V and we watch we watch what's going on in the news and in the media and, and with our government and, and you know, we're so quick to complain and we're so quick to voice our opinion about it. But as men and women of God, what are we doing about it? It's easy to complain. You know, we were sharing in Foundations how that, that's one of the things that Jim brought out uh, so good. This, that one of the things that really stood out to me this past weekend was how, how he brought out and, and, and some of the conversations that he and I had uh, outside of the services was that how it's so easy for us to, to, uh, to be pulled to the negative about every situation. You know, no matter what it is, the, the negative is always easier to talk about. It's always easier to talk about what's wrong with everything. What's wrong with this person? What's wrong with that person? What's wrong with this company? What's wrong with that person? What's wrong with the government? Instead of turning that around and saying, you know, what, what does God say about this? And what's God's thoughts about this? And so, so you know, so for God to be involved in our lives, um, it, takes, you know, it, it, takes, it takes us stepping out in faith and stepping out and saying, God, I need you to be involved in my life. Because he's not going—he's not just going to push his way in and say, "I'll force you to make me be involved." He's not going to do that. You know why? Because God, God is looking—God is looking for a relationship. He's looking for intimacy. How how would you like it if somebody forced you to be nice to them? Well, that niceness would be fake, wouldn't it? If if you had to be nice to somebody regardless of how they acted, you know. It would be fake. And God does not, God's not looking for fake people. He's looking for, He's looking for a real relationship. He's looking for intimacy. He's looking for somebody... Now get this. He's looking for somebody that wants to be in a relationship with Him. Somebody that desires Him to be involved in their life. That's what God's looking for. And in order to live a life like that and to have a relationship like that, it takes faith. And it takes getting God involved. You know, and so so we've looked all year, we've looked at all kinds of different aspects. We've looked at faith and we've looked at our words. We've looked at, you know, all kinds of different aspects leading up to where we are today in this in this series of this. And the last few weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role in the believer's life. And we've 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 laid the foundation pretty well, and I'm not I, I don't have time to go back and go over all that, but we've looked at the the foundation, and and one of the things one of the one of my purposes or one of my desires this whole year was to make these things to take the weirdness out of it. You know, there's so much weirdness in the body of Christ. You know, there's so many so many catchphrases, and and when you when when people hear supernatural and when they hear uh, you know, when they hear confession and when they hear, and especially with what we're talking about now, when they hear about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and, and tongues and there's so much weirdness, people think, oh, that's weird. Those are weird people, you know. Those are, uh, what do we used to call them, you know, when, when I was younger? We'd call them, you know, they're chandelier swingers, you know, and holy rollers and, you know, they just roll around on the floor and swing from the chandeliers and stuff. That's the, that's those charismatic people. But, you know, how many of you, well, some of you may know. But how many of you have ever known anybody to swing from a chandelier in church? I had never seen that. But yet that's people's, that's people's thought sometimes when they think about charismatic churches or, or churches like that. So what I'm saying is this. Sometimes people, and, and BJ and Katie said this so eloquently in announcements, was that sometimes you know people automatically just shut off and they're not open at all to messages like this because of what they've heard in the past. So what we've endeavored to do through this, throughout this whole year, and, and really we've done this our whole ministry, but, but what, we've, what we've endeavored to do is to say, let's not look at what everybody else says about it. Let's take it to the Word and see what the Word says. And if we can prove it from the Word, then, you know, it doesn't really matter what everybody else says. You know, because the Word says, let every man be a liar, but God's Word be truth. Right, let God be true and every man a liar. So, if you can prove it in God's word, then then it kind of takes away all the weirdness and everything, and you can say, "Here's what God's word says about it." So, we've we've endeavored to do that through all these steps. And the last three or four weeks, we've looked at that. We've looked at the role of the Holy Spirit, what you know, the purpose of why Jesus said the Holy Spirit came, and and we saw how that there was definitely from from the Book of Acts. There are six different accounts in the Book of Acts of when. Um, of how that the ba- what we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that there were six different examples that's given throughout the book of Acts. Four of those, uh, they specifically say that they spoke in tongues after they received the Holy Spirit. The other two, they, it was insinuated that they saw something that, that it was, it, you know, you, you would have to say that there was some type of manifestation to where people saw it where they knew that it was the, the, something different. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the, in, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we've, we've established through Scripture as being a subsequent uh, experience to salvation. You know, at salvation, we know that the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us. Um, uh, Brother Hagin wrote a, a whole book about this, about the Spirit within and the Spirit upon and the spirit within talks about the salvation message, where when when you get born again, the spirit of God comes within you, and He moves on the inside, he, and you become a brand new creation. You become, you know, everything. All your old nature dies; your new nature now lives on the inside of you, and, and the spirit of God actually lives on the inside of you. That's true for every believer, and the 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 fruit of the spirit is now is now been planted on the inside of you, and we all, every Christian, should be. Uh, producing and should be um, uh, showing the fruit of the Spirit. Not just one or two, not just whichever ones you like, but all nine of the fruit should be evident in every believer's life. But the subsequent experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, time and time again in the book of Acts we saw where it says after they, after they heard they received Jesus, that Peter and John went down and laid hands on him and they received the Holy Ghost and spoke with tongues. You know, like three or four examples of that. Where, where it is specifically said after they had received Jesus, then they received the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And so speaking in tongues, and, and then we looked at, because, because the big question about speaking in tongues, or the big I, 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 controversy or question, however you want, whatever word you want to use, people say, well, the Bible says not everybody will speak in tongues. Well, we looked at that Scripture, and we saw, and we divided that Scripture, and we showed you how that, that there is a public side to the gifts of the tongue interpretation, but there's also a private tongue, a prayer language. And Paul said, here in 1 Corinthians 14, I'll just show you two, two verses. In, in uh, verse number 5, Paul said this. Paul said, I would that you all speak with tongues. So Paul said, I, I mean, talking to the whole church body, he said, I wish you all would speak in tongues. Because Paul knew Paul knew the benefits of it. We're going to look today. What we're looking at today is the benefits of speaking in tongues. What what good is tongue? What you know? Why why am I encouraging you? Why am I spending so much time on on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and teaching you about the benefits of tongues? Because Paul knew. Listen, Paul emphasized this. Paul said, "Listen." I, he said, "This is so important that I." He said, "I wish every one of you would would be baptized and speak in speaking tongues." And then he goes on down to verse eighteen. And he said this in verse eighteen, the same chapter, chapter fourteen. He says, "And I thank my God that I speak in I speak with tongues more than you all." So Paul said, Paul said, you know, he said, he, he said, I wish that all of you would do it. And he said, I promise you, I speak in tongues more than you all. I, I shared last night because uh, I ministered kind of along these lines last night, but. But I ministered that, or I, I made this comment. I said, you know, that, that I could, and I, you've heard me say this before, but, but, you know, I would stand in front of you and say, you know, it's probably, and this may not be true. Some of you may pray in tongues more than me, and I hope you do. But I pray in tongues a lot. I mean, I, I pray in the Spirit a lot. And uh, I pray with my understanding, but I pray in the Spirit a lot, too. And, and I said, I, I, I'm, I say that, you know, I, when I talk to you, that I, I probably speak in tongues more than you all. But I hope that some of you are catching me. I hope some of you out out talk me in tongues. Amen. I hope I hope some of you spend more time than I do in praying in tongues, because because it's all, as, as you see the benefits here, we're going to look. I've, I wrote down I've got five I've got five benefits, and there's probably more than this. These are the big ones. But but I, I just wrote down as I sat down last night, I was gonna I was going to go a different direction, and I just really felt felt this is what we needed to do. So, so, I just wrote down five benefits, five of the major benefits of speaking in tongues, and what it will do for you So, so why I listened to brother Hagen, uh, I listened to Brother Hagan some this week about speaking in tongues and, and some of the, his messages and he gave he gave three he gave three, uh, three good reasons why why it is good to speak in tongues and Here was the three that Brother Hagan gave. Brother Hagan said this he said speaking in tongues is always manifested when one is, when, when a person is filled or filled or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about that in all those examples in the book of Acts. Every time they were filled or or baptized in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. That was the initial evidence. And I will say this, don't if you you have ever spoken in tongues, don't let it be just a one-time event. I've known people that said, oh, well, I spoke in tongues when I first got filled, but I hadn't done it in a long time. Don't let that be the case. You know, I, I would encourage you to pray in tongues every day. And you're going to see why as we, as we get, get through this. The second one Brother Hagin gave was this. He said that tongues and interpretation are distinctive of this dispensation, the church age. Because one of, the, one of the arguments I've heard people say is the Bible doesn't say Jesus ever spoke in tongues. You know, so why should I? Well, the reason being is because the Holy Spirit wasn't poured out until He went back to heaven. And until the church age started, when the Holy Spirit was, was given on the day of Pentecost and the church age started, that was when the dispensation of of grace started and that was when tongues and interpretation came on the scene. Before then, it wasn't, it wasn't, the Holy Spirit wasn't living on the inside of people and He didn't stay upon people, He didn't rest upon them. Forever, you know, he, he, he would come and go. So, nobody in the Old Testament, we don't have record of, the, of people in the Old Testament speaking in tongues consistently and, and on a consistent basis because they didn't have the Holy Spirit like you and I do. You know, so tongues and interpretation of tongues is, a, is distinctive to our dispensation. If, you know, and, and, and I promise you, the prophets of old, they looked toward us and they longed for the day that you and I lived in. Jeremiah talked about it, about with stammering lips. You know, he prophesied about that. Isaiah prophesied about it. I mean, there different ones prophesied, the Old Testament prophesied about speaking in tongues. Now, they didn't understand what they were saying, they didn't understand really what they were prophesying, but they, they prophesied what God gave them. And now you and I are living in that dispensation. We're living in the church age where the, the tongues and interpretation are for our, our dispensation. And so that's why it's important that we teach on it and that we that we take advantage of it. And then the third thing Brother Hagin said was, when you, read the, when you read through Paul's letters, he gave prominence to speaking in tongues. And you're going to see here in 1 Corinthians 14, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14 and Romans 8, that's where I'm taking most of the text at today. Both of these examples, 1 Corinthians 14 especially, he dedicates a whole chapter, now we know it's not written in chapter and verse, but, but we have a whole chapter here, you know, some uh, thirty forty verses that 's really dedicated uh, and focused on speaking in tongues here in first Corinthians fourteen romans chapter eight in romans chapter eight the the phrase in the spirit or spirit or something in, in that that uh, along those lines in Romans chapter eight alone is mentioned over twenty times uh, about being in the spirit or praying in the spirit or or things like that. And we're gonna look at a couple of verses in Romans chapter eight. So the spiritual world, the spiritual side of things is very important for us. Paul gave prominence to it. Jesus talked a lot about the spirit. And so so, you know, uh I gave the example of I gave the example last night and I'll just share this real quickly and then we'll take off with these uh benefits. But uh, years ago I, I was switching out I had a problem with my car and I was switching out a uh oxygen sensor. And uh and you know and, and I and I'm you know, I know enough about cars to be dangerous with them and where, you know, I usually end up, you know, sometimes I end up costing more than, I, than if I'd paid somebody to do it, you know, because I messed something up and have to go back and fix it. And, and, and a lot of times I can fix them too. But but, uh, but on this particular case, there was an oxygen sensor and it was the upper one and, and it was hard to get to. And so I, 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 looked, all, I looked at all the, the videos and I'd, I figured out how to fix it and I thought, oh, I can do that. And even in the videos, it told me, you know, you'll need a certain tool to do that. So when I go to the, when I go to the hardware store, to the parts store, you know, sure enough, he brings out the oxygen sensor and he's got that little tool in his hand and he sets it on the counter and he says, you'll need this too. Well, the tool was more expensive than the oxygen sensor was. So me thinking that, thinking that I could, I wouldn't, I would save some money. I was like, Oh, I don't need that tool. You know, I I can get that. So, so he he just kind of chuckled and he said, he said, all right. He said, it'll be sitting right here. He said, I'll leave it right here for you when you need it. You know, he said, it'll be here. I said, all right. Uh, you know, So I get it and I go home and, and I crawl under the car and I'm beating and banging and pushing and shoving and busting my knuckles and all this. And then sure enough, I break, I break another part while I'm trying to get that one off. And I spent a couple of hours fighting with this thing. And then sure enough, I had to go back. I just about went to another store just so I wouldn't embarrass myself. But I knew he had the tool there, so I just went back and I told him, I said, yep, I need it. And, and then he looked at me and said, you need that wiring harness too? I said, yep, I need the wiring harness. <laughs> you know he he already knew what he already knew what I was going to do. And and the point I'm making is this. Sometimes, you know, he knew that I would need a tool to take care of that oxygen sensor. And see what God has done in the Holy Spirit is he's given us a tool that he knew that you and I would need. And he's given it to us and he's not he won't force it on you. But he's given it to us saying you need this, and here, here is something that will help you. Here is, here is the Holy Spirit. He will help you do this. And, and one of the greatest advantages He's given us, and one of the greatest weapons He's given us, is the, is the privilege that we have to speak in tongues, to have a prayer language to where we can pray to Him. Now we're gonna look at this, but, but one of the greatest ones that I think is this, is that I'm not praying to myself, or I'm not praying to you, I'm praying directly to my Father. And, and because of that, uh, and well, let's just get it out because I'm combining two or three of them. So let me, let's, we're going to look here. We're going to go through chapter 14 and I want to give you, uh, there's about three or four here in chapter 14 and then a couple in Romans 8. So, uh, the first one is right here at the very beginning. And the first, the first benefit to speaking in tongues is this. And, and when I say speaking in tongues, I'm talking about a prayer language. I'm not talking about the public side. I'm not talking about, uh, you know addressing people where you have to have an interpretation we 've already talked about that and, and went over that that if you are if, if I am talking to you like I am right now and, and, I, and then I say and i 've got a message for you in tongues and I start speaking in tongues, then to be biblical, then I have to have an interpretation of that, or somebody else in the in the house uh, has to have an interpretation of that tongue and so uh, but in our prayer language that's the that 's the public side of it in our private side. The Bible says that it's, it's a communication between you and the Father and there has there doesn't there doesn't have to be an interpretation of that because you're not a, you're not talking to anybody else you're talking straight to the Father. Amen. So the first benefit that we find here in Rome, or in First uh, 1 Corinthians 14 that Paul talks about is this is that when you when you pray in the spirit you are speaking out divine mysteries and divine secrets. And it comes from uh, we'll just read verse 1 starting in verse 1. Uh, Paul said this, he said, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts. That word gifts is italicized, which means it's not in the original language. So what Paul said was this desire spiritual. Desire spiritual things. We live in a natural world, but listen, the spiritual is much more real than the physical. Now most people don't realize that because we because we see the physical. And we live in the physical. But the spiritual world has been here before the physical world, and it will be here after the physical world. Yeah. So the spiritual world is much more real than, the, than the, the natural world. So Paul says, listen, he says, yeah, go after love. First Corinthians 13 was the love chapter. He says, go after love with all you have, like your life depends on it. He says, but also go after the spiritual. Go after spiritual things. He says, but rather that you may prophesy... And then he says in verse 2, for, listen to this, he says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So the first thing you see is this, you're not talking to a man, you're talking directly to God. And he says this, now notice this, For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Other translations say divine secrets. The Amplified says that uh, Because in the Holy Spirit, He utters secret truths and hidden things not obvious to the understanding. So one of the first benefits you see here is that when you pray in the Spirit, and, and it's the Holy Spirit praying through us, it's the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a heavenly prayer language, and the Holy Spirit praying through us, it says that you can pray out things that you don't even understand. Paul said this. Paul said Paul said, you know, when he was talking about this, he said, I pray with my understanding and I pray in the spirit. And I shared I've shared this and I'll share it again, but the way the way I pray for you and, and I pray I pray for the church every day. I mean I, I, sometimes I spend time up here praying, I spend time at home, if I'm in my car drive. I mean I, you know, I, I'm constantly thinking of you guys and praying. And and so a lot of times if I know something's going on in your lives. You know, I may call you out individual. I may say, you know, Lord, for this person, for that person, here's what I know is what's happening. They're, they're facing this obstacle. They're facing this battle. This this is going on in their life. So, Lord, I pray for them. And I and if I know something about it, I can pray about that situation. Lord, I know their, their marriage is kind of going through a tough time. So, Lord, help them both see each other the way you see them. And, you know, da-da-da. And, and I'll pray out as much as I know in the natural. But, you know, guess what? I'm not really that smart. In other words, I don't know everything. There's nobody here that shared with me 100% of your problems. So I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know all the, the, all the details. I, I may know some big things. And I may know some, 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 some details of things. But I don't, know, I don't know 100% of anybody's details in here. And I don't need to know that. So, but the reason I'm saying that is, then that limits me how I can pray for you. Because I can only pray what I know. And now, now we can pray the prayer that everybody prays. Lord, just bless them. That's one reason people ask if we have a, a prayer list here at the church. And I always say no. You know, we don't really put a prayer list in the bulletin, or whatever. Because if you've ever been a part of churches that have prayer lists, and I, I grew up with that, you know, and you have—I mean, my mom's church, the church I grew up in—they would have the bulletin, and and they, you know, it would be it would be like this. They their bulletins was folded in half, hours is thirded. But but, theirs was folded in half like this and and you would open it up and the prayer the prayer list would be on the would be on the right hand side and it would take up the whole right hand side I mean everybody and their brother and their cousin and their sister's cat and you know their third the third distant cousin and relative somebody that they knew or whatever their their name got put on there well, you know you you may not know. You may not even know who it is, but they're on the prayer list. Well, how are you going to pray for them? And here's usually how. Here's usually the way people pray for them when they say that if if they even pray for people on the prayer list, they start out good. Well, Lord, okay, the first one, Lord, oh, oh, yeah, brother Jim, Lord, I know brother Jim's facing a hard time. You may pray a couple minutes, and okay, sister Susie, yeah, sister Susie, Lord, you know Susie's problem, yeah, bless her. Oh, there's Jim, yeah, there's. I don't even know that person, that person, Lord, just bless them all. Praise God. Just thank you, Lord. Just bless them. So what good did that do? I mean, was that an effective prayer? Now, we can say all day, yeah, the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows every need. And he, you know, but, but did He just say, just mention them in your prayers? Or did He just say, you know, just do the best? Now, you know, what, what He said here was this, that we can, when you pray in the Spirit, you can pray things beyond your understanding. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows everything. And the Holy Spirit that's in me is the same one that's in BJ, the same one that's in Donnie, the same one that's in David. And I don't have to know what's going on with Donnie or David. But when I start praying in the Spirit with my prayer language, the Holy Spirit knows that. Right. And I, so I don't have to know. And if I'm praying, the Holy Spirit can pray out. And now, now it does say that, that when I pray in the Spirit, my, my, my understanding is unfruitful. I may not know what I'm praying for. But the Holy Spirit praying through me does. And I don't have to know. And I'll show you another scripture here in just a moment that says this. That says that when you pray, when you're praying in the spirit, you can pray out the perfect will of God. You know, listen. There's probably not very many people in here know the perfect will of God for yourself, much less for for 35 other people. But when you pray in the spirit, you can pray out the perfect will of God. Man, what an advantage! What a benefit! If, if I. You know, if you have love for somebody, if if you look around this building today, and you know, you look a hundred people, and and you're, man, I love these people, I love every one of them, and and then I ask you, well, how much have you prayed for them? Well, I don't love them that much. (laughs) You know, I mean, I mean, I ain't gonna take that much time praying for a hundred people a day, but guess what? You can pray in the spirit and pray out everything that needs to be prayed in a short amount of time, and sometimes it may take longer. But listen, if, if you're praying in the spirit, he says here that you pray out divine mysteries. You, you're you're speaking out mysteries and divine secrets. Isn't that awesome? And so, and, and like I said, the Amplified says that that he uh, says that he says he utters secret truths and hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. So when you're praying in the spirit, you're praying out things that's not obvious to your understanding. So that's an advantage, right? That's a benefit. I mean, that's a great benefit. Then let's look at verse number 4. He goes on. He goes on in verse number 4 and he says this. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. But he that prophesieth, prophesieth edifieth the church. So when you pray in the Spirit, not only are you praying for other people, and not only are you are you you know praying out things that you don't that you may not understand or you may not know you're praying that out but here he says that when you pray in the spirit you build yourself up i can't tell you the times that that i've went into my prayer closet feeling drained feeling feeling just sometimes discouraged feeling the weight listen as as a pastor i mean i don't know if you understand this or not but as a pastor sometimes you know, when I get five or six phone calls about this problem and that problem, and this person's going through that marriage problem, and that person's lost his job, and this person don't have money to put food on the table, the weight of that can get pretty heavy. Now, it's one thing when you when you just know about one or two things, but when you know about twenty or thirty things, and you feel and you feel a, you know, and and you're the shepherd of that, and you're you know, there's times that man that weight can get heavy. So, what do you do? Well, I I pray a lot. That's the reason I pray in tongues more than you all. Because guess what? Because I, I can't figure everything out. And I wasn't designed to. But the Holy Spirit in me knows the hearts and the thoughts and the intentions of every one of you. And when I pray, listen, as I pray, as I'm praying for you, as I'm praying out things I don't even understand, I'm building myself up. The Holy Spirit as I'm praying is is building me up and, and I'm edifying myself. And I can walk out of my prayer closet not defeated and not wondering if God heard anything. I can walk out of there knowing that God heard everything He needed to hear and that I prayed out everything I needed to pray out. And I can walk out with my head held high saying, Praise God. We're going to hear some great testimonies about some of those things we prayed out. That's a benefit of praying in the Spirit. The Amplified says... In verse 4 there, he says, but he who speaks in a tongue edifies... Now listen to this. It says he edifies and improves himself. Now how many of you all like to be improved a little bit? Amen. Amen. You can improve yourself just by praying in the Spirit. Man, that's awesome. Now listen, don't... Uh, I'm, I'm just feeling some resistance here. Don't, don't let what you've heard about it being weird and it being you know like it's not for you and you don't need this lay that down for a minute and let's let's look at what the word says about it you know you can't you can argue with people and people's opinions and and there's people that there's I have great friends that that firmly believe that praying in tongues is just just silly and and have no benefit whatsoever i'm still friends with them and i can still fellowship with them I don't have to. I don't have to agree with everything, but you know what? But but here's the reality: They're, what they believe doesn't affect what I believe. I mean, I look at the word, and here's my interpretation of the word, and this is my understanding of it. And if and if and if you know between me and the Lord, we're okay with that. Then you know what? If I've got word to back it up, then that's good. And if somebody wants to believe something else, then that's fine with me. And I can still be friends. But what I'm saying is this. Don't be closed-minded to what the, what the Lord wants to do. Just be open to it and listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. And just listen to what He's saying about these things. So the benefit, number one, was you're speaking out divine mysteries and secrets. The second one is that, that, you, that you're edifying yourself. You're improving yourself. Jude, chapter, or Jude verse 20 goes right along with this too. Um, it says this. I'll just read it real quick. Jude verse 20 There's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude verse 20 says this, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So Jude puts it this way. Jude just said, he said that you can build yourself up when you pray in the Holy Ghost. So, and that's the same language that we're using here, and and that Paul used here. He said, said, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you edify yourself. So you're edifying, you're improving, you're building yourself up. The third one would be this down in verse 14 that now here here's where it gets into you know where some people start thinking well what good is it verse uh, verse number 13 let's we'll just look at verse 13 he says wherefore let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret now you know uh, if you if you've ever come on sunday nights um, you know to our prayer services our corporate prayer services we pray in the spirit a lot And one of the things, and and I pray this just every day. I mean, I'll say this every day. I'll pray it every day. Lord, as I'm spending time praying in the Spirit. Lord, if there's anything I need to know as I'm praying in the Spirit, if there's anything that needs to be interpreted, anything that I need to be aware of, then Lord, reveal that to me. Because the very next verse, and the reason I pray that, because look at the very next verse. Verse 14 says this. Now, verse 13 says, Let him that speaketh in the unknown tongue pray that he may interpret... Verse 14 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. So when you pray in the Spirit, it's not coming from your head, it's coming from your spirit. Yeah. So, so Paul said that when you pray in the Spirit, you can pray and ask if anything needs to be brought to my attention, if anything needs to be interpreted, then Lord reveal that to me. I can't tell you the times that I've been praying in the Spirit and, and, you know, uh, as I'm praying in the Spirit, uh, one word in English will just pop out right in the middle of it. Or, or all of a sudden, I'll just have a knowing, I'll have a sensing on the inside of me about one particular thing. There's been times that I've been praying in the Spirit, didn't know what I was praying about, and somebody's face would would pop up, or somebody's name would rise up in my spirit. And immediately, I would know, that's who I'm praying for right now. So after I got through praying, I'll pick up the phone and call, hey, you know, just like, just want you to know I'm praying for you. And time and time and time again, I can't tell you how many times. Well, pastor, it's so weird that you just called me right now. I'm, I'm, man, I'm going through this and I needed prayer right, right at this very moment. And see what just happened there. The, the Holy Spirit interpreted what I was praying out in the spirit. In my in my mind, I didn't know who I was praying for. But as I was praying, as I needed to know that, the Holy Spirit would show me that, and it was interpreted to my to my spirit so that I knew what I was praying about. There'll be many times that you that you that you'll pray and you may not know what you're praying about, and and you may not get an interpretation. You may not get a name or a, a word or. Or anything like that, but just know that as you pray in the spirit, things are happening you know but but don't think don't think about it about well, I don't understand what I'm praying, so it's not doing any good. I love Mark Hankins when he teaches on this, he says this, he calls it this, he said he said getting baptized in the Holy Spirit is a head bypass surgery because it bypasses your head and, and I'll, I'll just ask you this question: why do you think he bypasses your head well. Because a lot of you got so many rocks up there, you couldn't get through to you anyway. Amen. Or so empty that you know that you know you couldn't you know you don't have time to fill it. Whatever, however you want to look at it. In all seriousness, though, here, here's why that is: it's because sometimes our thinking and our understanding will get will get in the way of praying out the perfect will of God. Because you see, I have a thought. Even in my own life, I have a thought how I want my life to turn out. And, and I go into a situation, now how many times, how many times, I've heard this time and time again, how many times do you, are you looking maybe at a car or a house or a, a big purchase or something that you just know in your heart, man, you just know, you know, you know, that, that that's 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 what God wants me to have. And you get excited about it and, and, you know, man, you just know and you're praying, you're laying hands on the thing, you're confessing, you're doing all this stuff and then it doesn't come through like like you thought it would. And then all of a sudden, like it may be a week later, maybe a month later, maybe six months later, all of a sudden you, find, you found out that there was a major problem with that house. Or that that, that car you, you heard somebody else bought it and it turned out to be a lemon or something. You see, sometimes, sometimes what we think is best for us, the Lord looks way past what we can see and say, ah, oh, that wouldn't be too good. And I've got something better for you. You know so so you know so if 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 our mind gets involved in it cuz I guarantee you now this is no rebuke of anybody or anything but I guarantee you that if we if we could if we could see into heaven and see a record of all of our prayers that we've prayed I guarantee you that that probably the majority of us have prayed just as many wrong prayers as we prayed right prayers in other words we have our heart set on this one thing, and we spend a lot of time praying about it. And it wasn't even God's will to begin with, but because we had our minds set on it, because we thought we thought we thought that was the way we wanted to go, then we wasted all this time on it. And then we realized, oh, well, God was wanting us to go this way, and He had He had the path this way to go. So see, so so thank God that He bypassed our head. And thank God that he said, he said, listen, I'm going to give you such a benefit that I'm going to take you out of the picture. And all you have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to pray and spend time praying in the Spirit and your mind, your mind, I'll bypass your mind for a little bit so that your thoughts and your, and, and, you know, you don't get your things involved in it. And that way we can pray out the perfect will of God. I'll show you that scripture in just a second. But, but there in verse 14, he said, he said, for, for when I pray in the spirit, in the unknown, with the unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. And then look at verse 15. We'll go ahead and look at that verse. He says, what is it then? Paul says, he says, I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. So, see, one of the big things people always say, well, you know, the Bible says that it's as the Spirit wills. You know, you talk in tongues as the Spirit wills. Well, there again, when you look at that Scripture, what Scripture is he talking about? That is the Scripture where he's describing the public side of tongues. Paul said here in the private private prayer language, Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding. So, so when you get filled with the Holy Spirit with the, with the, with your prayer language, and when you receive your prayer language, you can pray in the Spirit anytime you want to. You don't have to wait till the Holy Spirit, uh, comes on you or you feel goosebumps or you're in a church setting somewhere. You know, Paul said, he said, I will pray. In other words, what Paul was saying was this, I can pray in the Spirit or I can pray with understanding. He said, I can sing in the Spirit, or I can sing with understanding. A lot of times in worship, I, man, I'll, just, I'll get lost in worship, and, and, and of course, i make up words anyway, because I don't know all the words in all the songs. I'll make up all kinds of words when I'm singing anyway. But, but a lot of times, I'll just start singing in the Spirit, just with the melody of the song. And you know, and, and just, get, just get lost in worship, just singing in the Spirit. You know? And that's what Paul said. Paul said, man, he said, I sing in the Spirit, and I sing in the, with my understanding. I, I pray in the spirit, and I pray with my understanding. So, so another benefit—I didn't even write this one down—but another benefit is this: you can do it anytime you want to, anytime you need to. You can pray in the spirit. Amen. So that'll be number four. Amen. So now let's let's turn over to Romans chapter eight and look right here just for a few moments, and then we'll be we'll wrap this up here. And I want to give you guys an opportunity if you're here today and. You've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, never spoke in tongues, man. I want to give you an opportunity today to, to receive it because it's not hard. You know the Bible says Jesus said that that you know you as a father know how to give good gifts to your your kids. He said you know if, you, if your son come up and ask you for a piece of bread, you wouldn't give him a snake. You know you wouldn't give him something that would hurt him. And he said how much more he said how much more your heavenly Father if you ask the Holy Spirit, ask for the Holy Spirit, He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Amen. But Romans chapter 8, let's look here in uh, verse 25. Romans chapter 8. Now this is the chapter I told you that uh, the title of it in my Bible is Life in the Spirit. And in this chapter alone, over 20 times, the phrase in the Spirit or spiritual or something like that is listed. So over 20 times in this one chapter, he talks about in the Spirit or spiritual things. But here, if you skip down to verse 25, he says this. He says, uh, or actually, verse, um, let's see, is that right, Romans 25? Uh, no, it must be verse 26. I'm sorry. Verse 26. He says this He says, uh, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, the King James says itself, but he's a him, he's not an it but the Spirit Himself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. So notice what he said. He said that when you don't know how to pray, that the Holy Spirit will pray through you, pray for you. Now, Rick Renner, uh, I love Rick Renner. He brings out so many of the gems. He's got a book, Sparkling Gems. uh, And he brings out so many of the words. In this Scripture here, in uh, uh, the word infirmities, a lot of times we read that and we just think, as a matter of fact, I think the Amplified just... Uh, cause it weaknesses. And a lot of times we'll just say, well, in our weakness or in our, uh, you know, just in our weak human state or whatever. But Rick Renner brings out, this is very interesting, he said that that word infirmities actually means like, a, a, uh, uh, like an oppression and like something, a continual disease that will kill you. In other words, he said this is not like... He said Paul is not saying here that just, just when you feel weak, you can pray in the Spirit. He's saying when you have such a load on you that you think you're going to die. That is so heavy. And your load is so heavy. And so much stuff is on you. And so much pressure is on you. And that infirmity. That thing that's about to kill you. He says, he says, if you look at this, he says that thing that... Put that back up there. He says, He says he helps... He helps our infirmities. The the very thing that's about to kill you, He says, for we know not how we should pray, but He says, but the Spirit Himself makes intercessions for us with groanings that can't be uttered. In other words, way down in our spirit, the Holy Spirit says, hey, I'll take that thing and I'll pray for you because I know what needs to be prayed out. And that very thing that, 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 that you think is going to kill you, the Holy Spirit says, let me take care of that and I'll, I'll pray some things out for you that you don't even know about. So He helps us in our weakest and in our hardest times. When we pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us in that. Amen. And then look at verse... Uh, let's look at the next verse. He says this, and I love this. He says, "...and he, and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit." because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Did you see that? So uh, the Amplified says it this way, And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is in the mind of the Holy Spirit, what his intent is, because the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in us, intercedes and pleads before God on behalf of the saints according to and in harmony with God's will. So not only does He help us in our weakness, but here He said that the Holy Spirit prays according to God's will for your life and for whoever you're praying for. If, you, if, if, I, could, if I could sell you, if I could package something and give you a pill or give you a drink or give you a something... And say, if you you take this, you'll know the perfect will of God. You can pray out the perfect will of God for your life. It'd be a bestseller. People all around the world would want that. Well, God says, I'm giving you the tool so that you can pray out the perfect will of God in your life and it's not charging you anything. The Holy Spirit will pray through it. Now listen, it says that He's making intercession on our behalf before God based on the perfect will of god in our lives and when i pray for you when i pray for when i'm praying in the spirit and and the spirit's praying for you and and you know and i don't know my understanding is unfruitful i don't know what's going on in your life but guess what the holy spirit does and he's praying out according to the perfect will of god for your life man that's i mean guys listen the benefits to praying in the spirit i don't know why anybody wouldn't want to I mean, it's that, it's, that, it's that special and it's that incredible that the benefits of, of praying in the Spirit is far beyond anything, any, any uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anything that you was any roadblocks that you would put up and say, well, Pastor, here's why I don't pray in the Spirit. The benefits are so much so that you'd say, move that roadblock, I'm going through it. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to wait another minute. I'm going to go ahead and just receive the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to, I'm going to receive my prayer language. And I'm just, going to, I'm just going to walk in the fullness of that. And I'm going to pray out. Pray out the perfect will of God. Listen, pray out divine secrets and mysteries. Improve and edify myself. It's, it's you know, the, the Spirit praying through me. It's not my thoughts, not my mind. And I can pray out the divine will of God. He helps me in my weakest points the thing that I think is going to kill me, man, during that time, the Holy Spirit will just kick right in and just take care of it, praying that thing out to where it's not even a problem anymore. Now listen, that's just, that's just five or six benefits that we read just in two chapters. There's a lot more that we could talk about, but for the sake of time, we're just going to finish up there. Let me, let me read, and I did bring, I brought two different, I want to read that Scripture out of uh, Romans chapter 8. Let me read this out. This is out of the Mirror Bible. It says this. This is Romans 8, 26, and 27. He says, The Spirit also sighs within us, sighs, like, you know, S I G H, sighs within us with words too deep for articulation, assisting us in our prayers when we struggle to know how to pray properly. When we feel restricted in our flesh, He supersedes our clumsy efforts and He hits the bullseye every time. Boy, I like that. He who scrutinizes the heart understands the intention of the Spirit. His intercession for the saints is consistent with the blueprint purpose of God. So, what does the Holy Spirit do? As he prays, he hits the bullseye every time. And his prayers are consistent with the blueprint God designed for your life. Amen. The Passion Translation, the Passion Translation puts it this way. Let me find. Uh... It says that in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet He also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, His holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our own destiny. Amen. So listen, so if you've never prayed in the Spirit, one of the I mean, just with that Scripture right there, one of the greatest benefits you could have is to know that you could hit the bullseye every time you pray when you pray in the Spirit. And you know why you can do that? Because it bypasses your head. <laughs> because it's not you thinking now, it's the Spirit of God interceding. It's the Spirit of God praying through you. Amen. That's some good benefits. Wouldn't you agree with that? So let's do this. Let's, let's, we'll finish up right there. And, and if you're here today, now, the only requirement, there, there is one requirement before you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that requirement is that you be born again. You know, salvation is the ticket into the, into the supernatural. You know, but why? Because salvation, as salvation, we talked about that. Salvation is when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. Once the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, then the Holy Spirit can come upon you with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, and and we, we've said this before, but just for the sake of saying it. The Holy Spirit within is for you. It's, it's to benefit you. The Holy Spirit coming upon you, it's to empower you so that you can go out and be a blessing to others. You know, and in your prayers and in your, in in the gifts of the Spirit, that's, that's where the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So, so at salvation, the Holy Spirit comes within you. Now, and I'll just, let me just say this too, because, because some people, I mean, this always comes up. You know, you don't have to speak in tongues to go to heaven. You don't, have, you don't have to speak in tongues to be a good Christian. You know, there's plenty of people. I know, I know, I know many, many people that, that, like I said, that, are, that, that believe that, that tongues is not for today. And they're good Christian folks. Speaking in tongues do not make you better. It doesn't mean you're a better Christian. It doesn't put you on a different level with God. But, but here's, what, here's, what, here's what being filled with the Spirit. And here's the, here's the way Jesus said it. Jesus looked at his disciples when he was getting re- when he went back to heaven, he looked at his disciples and he told them this: he said, "Go wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high and he said, "Then you will become my witnesses. He says, Then you will be my witnesses so jesus said jesus said that the that the baptism of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what does it do? it induces you it in, it, it, it it brings power upon you. There's a fresh power. There's, a, there's a, uh, a, another level, so to speak, that you can step into. And like I said, it doesn't mean you're better. It doesn't mean that God loves you more than, than if you don't receive the Holy Spirit. But, but here's the thing. It's an advantage that God has given every one of us the opportunity to use. It's up to you whether you receive it. He won't force it on you. You know it's just stuff you if you want to if you want to if you want to go to the next level in your prayer if you want to if you want to have understanding if you want to go deeper with God, then I would encourage you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know for myself and and stacy we we've shared this before but but I know we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the baptism of the holy Spirit we've prayed so many things out in the spirit that i would i wouldn't even i wouldn't even want to think about undertaking what we've, what we've got in our future without the, without, the, without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, I mean, I, I just I, I wouldn't even do it, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, because I know what we've been through. Amen. And I mean, I would, you know, and if, if God told me I'm taking the Holy Spirit away from you, I'd say, well, you know, I'm just coming home to be with you then. That's all right. Because I don't, I don't want to go through this life without Him. You know, he's, he's, that, he's that important to me. Amen. And He should be to you. So let's stand to our feet. And here's what we want to do. Now listen, it doesn't take a long time. I mean, man, the Bible says that if you pray and believe and ask the Lord for the Holy Spirit, He'll give Him to you. So if, if, you're, if you're here today, first invitation is simply this. If you're not a Christian, if you say, Pastor, I've never, I've never received Jesus as my Savior, then, then I would love to pray with you for that and love to introduce you to Jesus, my best friend, because he'll, he's, he's a world changer. But my second and my second invitation is just this. If you say, Pastor, I'm a Christian, but I've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then I want to invite you to come down. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God and we're going to we're going to see something. If you if you want to speak in tongues today, then I believe God that, that we'll have you'll be filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. So if you're just right now, if, if that's you, don't wait. Just come on down. And and, uh, and and maybe you say, well, Pastor, I've you know I've prayed in tongues before, but but it's been a long time since I've done that. Then I encourage you, man, get refilled, Amen. Come down, let me pray for you. We'll get you refilled with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues again, because uh, it's not a one-time thing. It's an everyday thing in your life. And I don't know, maybe maybe everybody here's filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe maybe y'all are you know all all filled with the Holy Spirit and talking in tongues. And I pray you are. I, I'm with Paul. I, I hope that all of you pray in tongues. And I hope I hope some of you are catching up with me as far as, as far as how much you pray in tongues, Amen. Because it'll it'll just be a benefit. There's benefits to speaking in tongues, to praying in the praying in the Spirit. Anybody at all, I'll just open it up too. If you have any prayer needs with Stacy, I'd love to pray for you. We'll we'll agree with you, believe God with you for anything any needs you have. Anybody at all, I won't take long. Come on, if that's you, you know, it. step out. Don't be afraid. We'll, we'll believe God and we'll, we'll stand with you and believe God. and while we pray for, while we pray for these that come, just y'all just say an attitude of prayer with us and, uh, and while we pray for them. That's good. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, listen, we have prayer tonight at 6. If you would like to come back for prayer, we have corporate.